the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. You don't need a reason when the one and only hot and melty sausage McMuffin with egg is just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Nature-centric parenting expert Linda Okason McGurk is our first guest on today's Nature Connection show on Big Blend Radio, and she's joining us to talk about her memoir. It's called There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather, A Scandinavian Mom's Secrets for Raising Healthy, Resilient, and Confident Kids from Free Lips Leaf to Tigay. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. She gets to re- re- do this. Uh, her book is out on October 3rd, 2017. It's out through Touchstone, which is an imprint of Simon & Schuster. And, of course, you'll be able to get on Amazon, all those great places. But I say go connect with her online. It's rainorshinemama.com, and that's mama with two M's. So rainorshinemama.com. She's on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, all those places under the same name. Welcome, Linda. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I am doing great, and uh, you uh, you get an A plus for that uh, pronunciation of those words. By the way, I think you thank did pretty you. well. I've heard I've heard them done uh, a lot worse than that. So good. yeah, well, I think I had a good teacher, which would be you, before we went on on there. <laughs> you know, it's, well, to me, it's so exciting to learn uh, a different pronunciation and and also uh, to learn different words. So, what does free lips leave and hige mean? So, friluftsliv is a, a Swedish and Norwegian term for, it roughly translates to open air life. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a, this concept that you just kind of appreciate nature. You, you grow up to, like, you grow up immersed in nature, more or less. Uh, it can be traditional outdoor recreation. Typically, what we would think of here in the U.S. might be, you know, canoeing or hiking or uh, camping and things like that, and that certainly falls under three lips sleeve. But th- there's also um, a, sort of a simpler; um, it has a simpler connotation too, is, and that's more of the way that we connect with nature in our everyday lives, and not necessarily, you know, the the activities that require all the gear and the travel, and but just appreciating the little things, you know, the the flowers in in your garden and and uh, caterpillar making its way across the road and and you know just watching the clouds on a on a beautiful summer day things like that it could be just going for a walk around your neighborhood so um so and that that concept has been crucial to scandinavian culture for quite some time and um is actually a danish term for uh, togetherness and uh, that's what we do in the winter time when it's uh, dark all the time and cold and we sort of get together after we're outside, of course, because we always go outside. But then we come inside, and you might light up a fire in the fireplace and sort of gather together, maybe play some board games or drink hot chocolate. It's just cozy, basically. So Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you don't care what if it's raining, you know, snowing to get there out there as kids. I was saying that in the beginning of the show that for me as a kid, it you know, in, you want outside, you know, I go stir crazy on the inside. Is that how, you know, 
how long can you guys all sit inside without freaking out if you're living that right. nature-centric life? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so this is uh, so the title of the book. There's no such thing as bad weather. It's um, uh, it actually comes from that old Scandinavian saying. There's no su- there's no such thing as bad weather. Only bad clothing, which means mm. basically, hey, you dress for the weather and you go outside, and you just kind of try and appreciate it for what it is. Because when you look at kids, like you said. Um, you would run out in the monsoon rain and play, and I think kids don't really look at the weather as being bad necessarily just because it's raining. I think that's something that they learn when they pick up pick, mm-hmm. pick up on that when we keep saying that, well, oh, it's raining outside, we can't, you know, bad weather, can't go outside. So they kind of pick up on that. But, like, when I grew up, uh, all the adults in our lives would, you know, they would just um, – they they made sure that we got outside anyway, like regardless of the weather, unless it was like lightning <laughs> um, yeah. or like, you know, hailing tennis balls from the skies. And, you know, it's prob- probably not a good idea, but yeah, if you're really you know, going to get are, hurt, I mean, those are the exceptions. Yeah. yeah I, so. think, I think what I love about your book is there's uh, when I was a kid uh, growing up in East LA, it, it, I feel like there's this American thing where I don't know for if it's because it's convenient for the teachers and parents or if it's truly a fear-based society. And here comes those emails, but that's okay. Um, I feel like we were taught to be afraid of almost everything. And, yes, Mm -hmm. certainly in this century, in any country, there are things you need to be aware of and cross the street at the right time and things like that. Mm -hmm. But yes. it, it's, I mean, if, oh, there's a storm coming, everybody inside, because what, you know, I get it if it's a hurricane, yeah, you know, yeah. I get it if if you know it's serious. But, you know, three drops of rain and uh, that's it, everybody inside, you know, and oh my gosh, don't go out while it's snowing, you can go out when the snow is there, but not during it falling. It, it, mm-hmm. All these things it's like you get to the point of being totally paranoid about almost everything so we're a fear-based society i think so yep i really do and Mm. and that's kind of how i've perceived it too because i've I've lived in Mm. in both cultures now both in sweden Mm -hmm. and here and i do feel like uh, there is a lot more fear about everything everything from germs to the weather Mm -hmm. to like wild animals and and like you said there are some cases where yeah you have to be aware of what the dangers are but i think right that unless you uh, teach children from an early age to sort of cohabitat with all that then yeah that will be become a fear for them and a reason for them not to go out and enjoy nature um mm. so i think that's what in scandinavia what what is so great about the preschool system and the uh, the parents are all kind of working together to get the kids out there from an early age and show them, okay, so these mushrooms are poisonous, these berries are, are poisonous, and we don't eat them, and, and, and show them which berries you can eat and which ones you can't. For that's, mm-hmm. And that's just one example of, of how they sort of fight this fear with familiarity because one day – these kids are going to be 18, and if they haven't been out there, the same with traffic sense. If you keep your kids inside all the time because you're afraid of uh, traffic, then they will never learn those rules to stop and look both right. ways and 
and all that. And, uh, and that's something that's mm-hmm. done on, from an early age, too, in Scandinavia. Like preschoolers will uh, get out and walk in the cities, too. They will walk to the nearest park if they don't have uh, a green space night, right near the preschool. See, and I think that's the other thing is when, when you're kept indoors because this will happen or that will happen, I think that uh, as an American child growing up, you can get to the point where you don't want to go outside mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. and you're not really sure why, but inside you've been told so many things, well, you can't do this, and that's dangerous over there, and look out for that, and all that. So then it's like, then suddenly one day your parents say, okay, go outside and play, and you're like, what? Yeah. Uh-uh, I'm yeah. scared. <laughs> you know? yeah. But then they don't and even. Then you're not taught. In, you're and not also, taught. you might have missed that crucial window for the child to bond with nature, and, and they might mm-hmm. have kind of lost their sense of wonder at that point. And today, with all the electronics available, if yeah. they don't make that connection with nature early on in life, uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think a lot of them never will because then there are so many other interests once they – hit the tween years uh, mm-hmm. that, that compete with the simple joys of nature. Nature is, uh, outdoor play is great for kids, and I think kids uh, gravitate, it, gravitate toward it naturally, but if they yeah. grow up just constantly fed on electronics, then it makes it hard for nature to compete because it's a slower mm-hmm. type of entertainment. It, it's mm. an interesting thing that we've done. I was thinking about that on our, our walk this morning, that how we've shifted in society from, you know, going, and just even the book world is a great example, how we went, you know, we had all these printed, I mean, our magazine used to be a printed publication, and I, you know, didn't want to stop doing that, but then I thought about every time there was a printing error, what happened to all those, you know, all that paper and all those trees that were cut down, and luckily we printed on soy-based ink, but still, it's still not good. And then we go to the digital revolution, which in a way is helping trees, but we have this balance of but books. But you still have all the plastics but and the computer you parts do. to get but rid I of later. But I think that in some ways we are balancing out. Mm. But the the trick is mm. is to balance our kids from the beginning. And if they don't understand a tree, then they won't understand the value of a book, actually, because they don't right. understand that this tree came down to make this book. And this that's why when you have good books such as yours, then we have a good balance <laughs> to make sense, you know. So, <laughs> right, right. Have, yeah, there's this thing where I'm very nervous about kids not understanding the natural world or the environment. So when we look at mm-hmm. the issues the environment are, is facing, you know, we have to be stewards of the land, stewards of the earth, not just because we we want to be a tree hugger, you know, or that we are that. <laughs> right. But the reality is it's to protect ourselves, too. So there's that healthy balance between Mother Earth and us as individuals. But I'm scared that kids, if they're not outside, that they won't learn or... I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part, it's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, get up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost on the Gambit DC app, online, or at any Gambit DC retail location throughout the district. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the whole field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please buy responsibly. Even be able to understand when things like, you know, hurricanes are, you know, hitting more often or something like that, they're, they're mm-hmm. not going to be able to make that, that, um, those decisions as an adult. 
Right. And that's where the environmental education comes into it as well, because I think although outdoor play, I feel like that's where it starts. And I think that's sort of Mm -hmm. necessary for kids to get to get that elementary connection with nature. Um, But I don't think it's quite enough to make them. um, uh, I I don't think everybody is going to become aware of like environmental issues through that process. And and granted when they're little, you kind of want to shelter them from that. But as they get older, um, you know, what, what's great about Scandinavia is that this environmental education is integrated from an early age so that the preschoolers learn how to compost, for example, and recycle. They have a very advanced uh, recycling system over there. And, um, so, so these kids are raised to, uh, they just, that's just how you grow up over there. And that's how I grew up too. Mm. The recycling is more advanced now, but we used to compost when I was little. And, and to this day, I mean, then I, I moved to the U S and, and I was having such a, like, I, I could, I could not for my life, like bring myself to throwing food scraps in the trash. Cause it just seems right. so I wasteful. <laughs> So that really, that was something I learned as a child and it's still, you know, and so, so I had to start composting at home because there was no uh, sort of citywide composting like we have in Sweden. So that's just one example of, of the way we also got mm. environmental education early. Mm. You know, it's really true. If you're, if you're, if you're growing up in an environment where you rarely play outside why would you care what happens to outside? You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like you, mm-hmm. you you may, on paper, you say, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't cut down all the trees in the world because somewhere in science I learned that that's how we breathe, that we need trees and plants to mm-hmm. you know, clean our oxygen for us. So you might on that side go, well, maybe we shouldn't cut down all of them. But you don't, mm-hmm. the, the connection isn't really there because how do you have right. a connection with something if you never are around it? So mm-hmm. it's easy to make a decision um, to, to tear up things if you don't have a connection to nature. And I think that we're at this point where, unfortunately, in this country, a lot of our leaders don't have that connection, and mm-hmm. so it's easy for them to say, "Oh, you know, let's let's tear up our national parks and drill for more stuff that we don't really need." Mm. Yeah. You know, so I think it's yeah. really protection for the future to make yeah. sure that our children get outside and learn to appreciate where we live. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting that you were talking about plastic earlier and that because Scandinavia is uh, is a worldwide sort of leader in uh, in environmental stewardship and so forth and uh, over there there's a in Sweden there's a polluter pays principle so Mm. any so the trash that is generated uh, the the companies that are generating the trash are actually responsible for recycling it as well so they have their own organization that sort of takes care of that and and the recycling rate is so high that Sweden actually has to import trash from some European neighbors to use for its incineration plants which in turn generate um, electricity and and heat for for housing and uh, so it's it's a total sort of uh, energy revolution Mm. going on over there and I don't think it's a coincidence that that Scandinavia is so far ahead 
in that regard and the fact that the kids learn from such an early age to appreciate nature and take care of nature and are taught that they are a part of nature too and that's mm. that is crucial mm. what's interesting too i know you talk about uh, sweden has forest schools and i went to a number of schools 16 schools in, in different countries and uh, and some of it was homeschooled on the road in south africa so it's, i had a different childhood but a, a lot of it was outdoors and even in england i remember even the class the teacher taking us outside and i was always in trouble because you know, I was a girl and playing in the trees, <laughs> and the boys were allowed to, but the girls weren't because oh apparently, gosh. you know, we had to wear skirts, oh, so I suppose wow. that was what it was. But in South Africa, too, <laughs> where, you know, everything was out, you went outdoors. There was this mm-hmm. big outdoor way of life, whether it's sports or whatever. And I mean, South Africa, they have rugby, so watch out. <laughs> but you know, it was very outdoors, and even, you know, England. You would, they. I think in classrooms they really used to get us out, and we'd do lessons under the trees, and Mm -hmm. we would learn like these are Mm -hmm. buttercups, and you know things like that. And I thought that that was so exciting for me. Whenever, because if I sit inside a classroom, I get fidgety, and and it's oh, then now you're restless. You have ADHD. You have this. You have that. Mm -hmm. Whereas as Mm -hmm. soon as I'm outside, I calm down. I focus. I'm aware, I'm alive. And I and right. that's as an adult and as a child. And every time they took us outside, I would be like, yeah, this is so cool. You know, <laughs> you see bugs and, I don't know, you just had this fresh air. And we've done some interviews over the years where we've discovered that some of the most toxic buildings we have in, in America are, are schools when it comes to mold mm. and asbestos wow. and things like that that are actually within the buildings, these old buildings. Yeah. And so I'm wondering about why are we keeping our kids inside the classroom so much when we should take them outside so that they can at least get yeah. some air? Wouldn't they do better? Right. Yeah, I mean, there are even studies that show oh. uh, that uh, ADHD symptoms are reduced when, when you take kids outside. Uh, being in nature is calming. It has effect on our blood pressure, and mm. uh, it, it also... Um, can help prevent obesity and um, all the the common the, the things that we struggle with now. You know, childhood diabetes and um, and and all these health challenges. So there's definitely a lot um, that can be helped just by getting kids outside more. And and I think I do believe that the schools and the preschools and daycares need to be involved too, because a parent, I mean, everything, it starts at home, you know, the, the parents mm-hmm. are the first people to introduce an infant to nature and to the outdoors. But then uh, I think a parent can only do so much. So once mm-hmm. the, the child enters the sort of daycare system or preschool uh, and then school, uh, I think to get that full effect, they need to be on board as well and get the kids out there. And we're seeing a seed to a movement uh, with that here in the U.S. now with some some passionate teachers that are getting their classes mm. out there. They're not for a school. But there are some public schools where a teacher, a passionate teacher, will at least take her class outside once a week for, a, you know, some outdoor learning or take them to a forest for, for a few hours. And uh, mm-hmm. so, so there are some, some things going on. It's just, 
it's just uh, slow going because there's so many regulations here in this country that Scandinavian teachers and preschool teachers just don't have to really deal with. And that's, that's, the, that's a big hurdle for the movement here. You know, it, it, it's really true. I mean, we're kind of lawsuit happy in this country. And it's, it's kind of, it, I think that um, when, when you go out to, to be an athlete, I think the first thing you learn is you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And the, and that if you're going to win, you have to give it your all. You can't be paranoid or worried about getting hurt. But you also have yeah. to learn the skills for whatever vocation or athletic thing that you're going into. But, it, I mean, it's so fear-based. I remember when um, <laughs> Lisa went to preschool, um, she had a friend, a little friend, Blair. For some reason, these two clicked. And she, you're not going to tell that story, are you? Well, I have another one. Um, okay. So when here they have these little, <laughs> there's some stories that just shouldn't be shared on air. These two little brats, they, they liked each other, and they were so young, and they had these plastic tricycle things, and he would get on one, and she'd get on one, and they would play demolition derby, and then one day I go to pick them up, and the 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 they're gone. The tricycles are gone. I'm like, well, what happened? And she's all upset. He's all upset. But they took them away because they ran into each other. They hurt each other. They couldn't, you know. And it was like, no, now nobody gets tricycles anymore. Thanks a lot, Lisa and Blair. You know, it was like all about we might get sued or somebody might get hurt. And these plastic tricycles, the wheel in the front was so much in the front. There's no way. I was like, come on it was every little thing that you did oh my god we might get sued we might get sued you know and it's like so you live your whole life like don't do this you might get sued don't do that you might get sued and so you curtail whatever ambitions and Mm -hmm. i think that you know and it it, it includes going outside it just have you found that linda yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up sports because um, I, I know it's so common in the wintertime, at least at schools here in the Midwest, that kids are not, you know, if, if there's any ice or snow on the ground, there's so many regulations. I've had teachers tell me that they don't even enjoy uh, being uh, outside with the kids at recess anymore in the wintertime because all they have to do is just go around and tell the kids what not to do. Um, so 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike, not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you try Peloton bikes, tread or row risk-free with a 30 day home trial. New members only not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepelotoncom slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike. Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. So sliding on the ice is a big no-no. They used to do it, but... 
because somebody fell and, and, you know, got a little goose egg on his head, then, uh, you know, then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. nobody can do it. And then they, I know a lot of schools kind of blame it on liability, but as somebody pointed out to me the other day, if they have sports programs with full contact sports like, you know, football and soccer, they're, they, the kids are more likely to be injured in those sports. And if they have liability insurance that can cover that, there's no reason why, you know, why the, the kids couldn't be playing uh, on the eyes on the, in the schoolyard, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting about that too is like, you know, when you kids aren't active, and they're not used to being active, that is when also, I mean, it doesn't matter at all ages, that's when injury happens. You don't talk about football. I know when the yes. Super Bowl happens, or the big game, as we're supposed to call it, more <laughs> injuries happen on that day, football injuries, and it's not from people getting all excited and deciding to run out. It's from them jumping up <laughs> off of the couch or deciding to run out and do oh. something that they they don't do anymore. You know, it's like... Oh, my gosh. It, uh, yeah, there's more injuries and people pulling discs in their back and, and ending up in, in emergency from them jumping off the couch at something oh, or yeah. trying to play football and they've never played before or just, you know, now we're all, you know, silly and maybe maybe they had a few many cocktails. But it's interesting, you know, when we talk about this fear-based society that we have, Linda, when you came over here, Nancy was telling me that you got into trouble going to the park and playing in streams. I mean, how rude of you <laughs> to go and do that in the park. <laughs> what happened? Well, so that was it was at a nature preserve uh, near our home, and we don't have a lot of public land here we're in Indiana. It's mostly, you know, cornfields and soybean fields. So there's not a lot of, even though we're in rural Indiana, with a lot of green spaces, when you really think about it, there are not a lot of places that are where children are welcome to come and play. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is this preserve near our home that we that I've been taking my kids to since they were babies, basically. And uh, as the locals do around here, I let them like this was a couple of years ago um i let them get in the creek and because it was a hot day and they wanted to cool off and it just seemed like a natural thing to do and uh we then the dnr showed up and uh when we came back to the parking lot they were waiting for us there and uh slapped us with a fine and basically said that they were letting us off easy because we had violated a rule about getting in the water, which I, I didn't set out to break the rules that day. I really did not. I, it just had not even occurred to me that what we were doing would be seen as something that was damaging the environment. Um, but I understand rules are rules, and it was a preserve and all this, uh, But and, and I won't go into all the details about but there are trails going down to the water, and, and there's no real, there, there are no signs by those uh, right. trails saying that you can't, can't get in. But um, that, I don't know, it, it, it was just one of those things that I just kind of threw my hands in the air and I just felt like where where can a child be a child in nature anymore um, and I, I wrote about it on my blog and it just kind of exploded and I heard from people <laughs> all over the country where you know all these examples of kids that have been told off for, for everything from you know skipping stones in the water to 
you know, climbing a tree or whatever. I mean, so there's just so many rules and regulations sort of um, regarding how children play in nature. And that, that DNR officer basically told us that day that the only thing you're allowed to do here is walk on the trail. And I just felt I was mortified because I felt like if that's the only thing you're allowed to do here, then children are not my, like my children are, are never going to enjoy this place again because children need to have, they're very sensory in the way that they experience the outdoors. They want to pick things up and yeah. touch them and smell them and climb the tree and balance on that log and hide under that rock and get in the water. And I understand that there are places where, um, you can. Where, yeah. that, where that are so heavily trafficked. I mean, we have national parks that get 10 million visitors per year. So yeah. obviously, you know, but that was really the case here. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think that it's important about that when you talk about, you know, quality of life to me is you do need these outdoor spaces. And I know the National Park Service that, you know, they push for creating these new parks. And, and I know that right now, we're in, our parks are in trouble more than they've ever been, and um, and it, it's it's pretty devastating because not only are kids learning nature when they go to these areas, they're learning like natural history and they're learning the history of cultures as well. Like you go in, you'll learn right. about an acorn and how this Native American tribe used to mash it up for food, and and you know you learn about what a matati is out here where they grind things and the rocks and like acorns and everything for food. And so there's this this dual thing that you have where you get that appreciation. And it's very hard to teach kids history. One of the right, ways is right. to have them out and, and imagine, you know, when you take them to these places, imagine sleeping under the stars and camping outside. I mean, we used to have camping parties outside all the time. Mm -hmm. And you would hang out outside all the time. And, of course, <laughs> in, in Africa, we always had to learn about snakes and things like that. But you're aware. And... And I think yes. that kind of thing, if you, kids start to learn to be observant and aware mm -hmm. and yet have a good time, mm -hmm. if they're yes. able to do that, and it'll take you into your life, even in skills in business and career and college, those skills from mm -hmm. nature will take you through. Yes. You know, nature is really a great place to learn resilience, too, to develop mm -hmm. resilience, which is a crucial uh, yeah. you know character trait to have to succeed i think in any um you know any any area of life mm -hmm. you know i find it yeah. really interesting in our country in our system of parks and such um you're not allowed to take your child swimming in the creek but right. paint factories and big pharma and agricultural people are allowed to dump their waste yeah in said stream that your child is not allowed to play in. I find yeah, that the, completely backwards. I I felt like that was that's a double standard as well. Um yeah. but I had people get really mad at me too though. They said and they told me basically, yeah, well so what the if the if the uh creek is infected with uh, e. coli and, and manure, you know, it's still a nature preserve, and and then that creek is just to look at. And to me, I don't know. I would rather. I to me, I feel like there, there's you kind of have to when it comes to the environment, you really have to see the the big picture um, and see how we're all sort of affecting it. 
and uh, mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, <laughs> that is that that is. It's interesting because you know, a human going into the water is not near as damaging as you know factories and everything that that they dump into our water. Mm. So, right. You know, if if you're going to get a, a fine for going in the water, then I think whoever polluted the stream should get a whopping big fine, and not only a fine right. that they can afford to pay, they should be told yeah. you will stop or you're going to jail. Because mm-hmm. if you keep right. going swimming in that creek, after a while they're not yeah. just going to give you tickets. Mm-mm. Right. right. Yeah. Well, we also have harmful algal blooms in our water. Mm. And, again, that comes from, mm-hmm. you know, oil explosions and oil tanks in in the ocean and and all of this all happening so when when you think about our children you know we we owe it to them we're going to bring them into this world to have a world that they can play in and grow in you know to have right. a society of of kids that are resilient like you're talking about and i think that one of one of the important things from this discussion is about having urban parks too you know and i see yes. like in in los angeles they have santa monica national recreation area santa monica mountains excuse me and you know these areas you know over a lot of shows we've done on this it seems to me that we need to have more of a community look and a neighborhood look where mm-hmm. neighborhoods we have to fight in that way it, we have to take it from that small of a unit of a neighborhood mm. to a community to a greater city to a county to a state to the country we actually have to yes. work the other way because the stuff does roll down from the top but we have to push it back mm. up which yes. means we have to be really strong <laughs> but if we don't yes. we're going to lose these places so mm-hmm. we have to look at the environment and have saving land to me I think the most important thing we can do is save land, but clean it and restore it and rehabilitate it. You know, mm-hmm. we just give Mother Nature a fighting chance. She oftentimes will take care of herself, too. And right. we can be part of that process. The kids can be part of that process, too. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, they will have to be because they are the ones who will live on after we are gone. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what got you to write your book, I mean, and, and tell your story. There's no but such thing as, was it, was it the ticket that created this whole book that you decided I'm going to write this all down? It might just have been sort of the straw that broke the camel's back, but I had been thinking about it ever since I had my first daughter um, nine years ago, and I noticed how different it was to raise a child here from what I was used to in, in Sweden. And I just felt very lonely in my sort of outdoorsiness. I, because um, I, oh. in Sweden, mm-hmm. even the the doctors and the midwives, they, I mean, they advise people to go outside every day with their babies and and to have them nap outside because the fresh air is good for them. And mm. uh, um, so it was just a different culture when I came over here and my fellow moms were like scared to take their babies out in the winter because they thought it was just too cold for them so they were going to wait till spring and uh, so I would just sort of walk around around town town by myself and and a lot of people took notice too because I was almost the only one out there and the, the playgrounds were deserted and I would at least have expected some, you know, maybe some daycare providers and preschools to be out there in the winter too, but 
it was just I, I so I just felt really lonely in 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 my desire to get my kids I guess the, the kind of childhood that I had growing up and mm. with all the health issues facing um, kids today especially here in America I just felt like this was a story that had to get told because I feel like awesome. you know, outdoor play and, and connecting children with nature is such a um, it really should be an essential part of childhood and I feel like a lot of other mm-hmm. problems would actually would be alleviated if we just had that sort of key component as you know still a part of childhood. So that's what that's mm. what my what the what the motivation was. I love that. I love. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you've done this because I think it's it's, so it's crucial. And I think every school needs your book. We need to send it to <laughs> all government entities. Parents and you know, and there are things. There are initiatives out there. You know, there are things that we can work with. There are programs like every right. uh, fourth grade, every kid in a park through the, the, every fourth grader gets in a park for free, that kind of initiative. There are steps out there. Right now we have to fight for them. But I think it's it's so important. You, you're bringing these stories to life, and I think people resonate with stories and someone's story. And then you must mm-hmm. do this. <laughs> you must mm-hmm. wait yes. indoors. You know, mm-hmm. I, before you go, I want to say, and I know everyone on, you know, listeners have heard me say this all the time, and and I really hope my friend's not listening, but when she had her first child, she, when there was a little baby, she wouldn't let him play outside. She would, you know, the little child and crawl around because the dirt was dirty. And Megan, yeah. no, the carpet's cleaner. And not. And so, no, but wait, I've, I've never shared this, but this is what she did. She's since different. She learned. She, she now has dogs and animals and everybody can, you know, and if you have animals, mm-hmm. your kids actually aren't going to get as many allergies after a certain point. Right. But, um, I'm not a doctor, but I'm just saying because I have allergies, <laughs> but as soon as I'm around them enough, then it's fine. Um, she put, she didn't want to, the dirt and all of that, so she, she had this little you know, patio kind of area, but it, you know, she was like a condo unit, but where you could walk outside and you could grow your own garden, your own food and everything. Yeah. That green AstroTurf stuff, <laughs> because it's cleaner. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you ever try to crawl yeah. That stuff? No, but that's, but that's <laughs> not good for you. <laughs> it's uh. not good for you. And so, you know, <laughs> the carpet burns are far different than falling down and scraping your knee in the dirt. And, in fact, yeah. the dirt will just give you a scab. You know, that's what right. it's there for. Animals do it. Yeah. <laughs> and there is beneficial bacteria in the soil, too. That, that's right. You know, if the kids yeah. ingest it, it actually helps their immune system. So mm. they need to get that's dirty. What, that's what my grandmother, she was British, and she always said, my nan always said, it takes a little bit of dirt to get clean. Yeah, she had those big buggies, like you were talking about the pram and the buggy versus a stroller. Yeah. You know, and right. I, I mean, it's so true. Cause, uh-huh. uh, well, explain that. What 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 is she talking about, Linda? What's, what's the difference? Well, I don't have a child. <laughs> <laughs> so in Scandinavia, the, the prams, they are really like sturdy and they come with a flat, um, flat bottom so that you can they they're basically made for for uh walking around like slushy slushy streets and over mm-hmm. you know tree roots and rocks and i mean they're just really oh, cool. sturdy 
um, so that you can go outside in, in all types of weather with the baby. And also because they all they double as a as a crib basically since the babies mm-hmm. nap outside. Whereas the the travel systems here in the U.S. they are all they're mostly like geared towards getting in and out of the car as easily as possible and and getting around stores and and so it's like a different um, completely different setup. Mm. It's awesome because if you they have a hood that comes over to block the sun, and if your child wants to sit up, you put the hood down and they can look out. If they want to lie right. down, they can lie down. Whereas in the stroller, you're forced to be in a sitting position. And as Lisa right. told me when I used to take her out, all she sees is knees. Well, there you go. In the stroller. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's funny, man. It, that is funny. Gosh. Well, Linda, it has been a real pleasure having you on this show. We appreciate your work, Thank and you. I can't wait to read it because I just want to read about playing outside as a kid, and I I love to do it, yeah. and it's in me yeah. for the rest of my life. I got a lot of dirt in right. me, and there's always dirt under my fingernails. I can't I can't have fingernails because I'm one of those people now from being a kid, so I don't want to put anybody off. But like, it's cool. Dirt under your nails. It's, yeah. There's always. There was, there was that one actress that Audrey Hepburn does dirt under my nail, fingernails. Was it Audrey Hepburn? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. But, um, but I know this. Well, if you don't go out in nature as a kid, you're really a dork when you go out as an adult. You've got to learn. So start the kids early. Let them get comfy in nature because that's where they came from. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. They didn't come out of a department store. No. No, I love this. I love this. And so rainorshinemama.com, and that's mama with two M's. So rainorshinemama.com is the website. You can go read Linda's blog on there and connect with her on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, all those great places. But more importantly, go get her book. It's out October 3rd. Are you excited? Have you got a copy in your hand? I am super excited. You you have one in your hand, though, right? You do. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I got Good. two boxes. <laughs> yeah, she's like sitting on there yeah. like, no one can have them unless you read it outside. Is that it? Everybody yeah. read the book under a tree. <laughs> That's right. Get outside. And don't rake yeah. your leaves up either. That's cruel to the critters. Leave your leaves right. and go sit on the tree in the leaves. <laughs> Instant compost. That's right. It's yes. really a good thing. I like that. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. everyone, the book is, Linda, okay, I've got I've to get this. Alkason McGurk. Am I saying I'm going to mess yes. it up now? Okay, I'm no, getting there. There's no such thing as bad weather. Scandinavian mom secrets for raising healthy, resilient, and confident kids. Okay, from okay, I'm going to uh, I'm going to get it. You from can do it. Three books leave to Higge. Yes, <laughs> did I get well done? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Remember, there's no well, such thing as bad weather, everybody. Uh, yeah. And, of course, on sale October 3rd, 2017, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all those places, go get it. Uh, definitely a great thing. And we're, we've got a song to dedicate to Linda. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have a uh, great musician, John Magnuson, who's been on our show back on our World Radio Party a couple months ago. And this is apparently a jazzy interpretation of an old Swedish folk song from the early 1900s. It's very pretty. It makes me want to go in the forest, and today's the first day of fall. Uh, and since you're from Sweden, I thought this makes sense. It's off of a CD <laughs> called Psalms for Sinners. Uh, everyone's website, his website, johnmagnuson.se. And this is called Visa von Untenmira. Did I do that right? Utenmira. Visa von yeah. Utenmira. Okay. Yep. There it is. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your song. <laughs> Thank you so much, Linda, for Thanks, joining Linda. us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Take care.
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash try.